0: The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. Remain standing, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 11, I'm going to teach you how to have a miracle tonight. There's many people that don't know how to have a miracle. They, they wait on, they rely on the sovereignty of God. And how many of you are thankful that we serve a good God? Yes, we do. But there are some very clear principles on how you can have a miracle. And uh, Jesus teaches on it. And so let's look at these few verses of Scripture tonight from the book of Mark, chapter 11, and find verse 20. And let's read the word of the Lord from the New King James I'm reading from. Are you ready? On your marks, Mark 11, verse 20 through 25. On your marks, you can set, go. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw a fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He'll what? He'll have whatever he says. Some of you saying some stuff you probably shouldn't be saying. Verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, Whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. That's good. Let's stop there. Father, thank you so much for what you're going to do. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. We do have notes. If you don't have notes uh, yet, if you'd lift your hand, they will serve you. You say, Pastor, why do you do notes all the time? Well, that's how I got discipled. I got discipled by... Dr. Morocco, and over the many years of, and I'm still being discipled by him, praise the Lord. What a great man of God. And over the many years of ministry, he always passed out notes, and, and we would sit there and fill them in, and I've got stacks of little pieces of paper just like I handed you, books, reams of paper just like that of all the messages I've sat in, and I'm so thankful because I can go back through them and I can read through them. I can pull one out for a Bible study. Uh, but they've proven that if you take notes that you will remember at a much higher percentage of what is actually preached to you. And also, I just believe that some of you might take that and preach it to somebody else. I remember my wife and I, we, we, when we were recording, uh, we are sit next to each other. We'd lean over and write little love notes on hers. and She would reach over and write, I love you forever we still do the same thing praise God when we're sitting in church it's a popular passage of scripture that we read Uh, very popular you've probably heard it preached many many times before I've preached on it countless times as well the fig tree is a symbol of Israel Jesus if you understand the context of what's taking place Jesus is on his way to cleanse the temple and as he's on his way, he sees his fig tree, and the fig tree has no fruit, so he curses it. And he goes, he cleanses the temple, he gets there, he expects to see faith, it's really a prophetic picture, but he doesn't, he sees a bunch of people selling, making money, in a place that there should be prayer and worship. And he goes and he cleanses the temple, he flips over the money changers, and the money changers were there. You had to use temple temple money. And so if you came from an, a country uh, to, ex- how many of you ever been to another country? I just got back from Chile. You had to ex- exchange your, your money to buy something in pesos. The same thing. You had to exchange your money. The only thing is the exchange rate was lame to the point where they were totally ripping people off. And you had to exchange money so you could go and worship God in that way. And uh, it was a real crime. On his way back, he sees this fig tree. And Peter, the disciples, are amazed that it's dried up. And I think in the same way, we have the same problem that that Israel did. And that they didn't have faith. Because if they had had faith, they would have seen Jesus as the Son of God. But they didn't. And many times, we don't have miracles. We don't see the breakthrough. We don't see the kingdom released in our lives in the way it could be because we lack faith. A formula that was taught to me when I first got saved and was taught to Dr. Morocco by his mother is right there in your notes. A formula in the Bible, desire plus faith. Go ahead, fill your notes in. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. Everybody say it. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. Well, let's get into it then. Let's talk about it. What about desires? Two kinds of desires. There's fallen here, fallen human nature. How many of you know that's not the good kind? Yeah, that, that's the kind that gets you in trouble. James chapter 1, verse 13 says this. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person, verse 14, are you all there? James chapter 1, verse 14. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So that's the first kind of desire, the fallen human desire. That's not the kind of desire plus faith equals a miracle, that kind of desire sends you to hell in a handbasket. That's not the good kind. There's another kind of desire. The fallen fallen human desire is lust, is greed, the works of the flesh, the things of the world. But there's another kind of desire. And it's it's a desire born out of intimacy with God. A desire born out of intimacy with God. You see, there's a place. There's a place in God that you can go where he begins to show you things. Where he begins to reveal the secrets of the Lord. Or with those who fear him. There's a place that you can go to in the Lord that just changes everything. Let me say this. When you get to the place that God becomes your desire, you've got there. What do you mean? When you get to the place that when you're praying with deep, even yearning, that there's something that happens in the transformation of your mind, so a work of the Holy Spirit, where you begin to say, you know what, God? I don't really need the Harley. What I really need is you. And you begin to cry out to God like that, and there's something that happens. See, Harleys can't satisfy. The opposite sex can't satisfy. Drugs can't satisfy. Winning an election can't satisfy. Only Jesus satisfies. And so, two kinds of human desire, desire that, uh, pardon, pardon me, two kinds of desire human desire. And desire that's born out of intimacy with God. It's born out of prayer. You say, is that the good kind? Yes, that's the kind of desire in our equation plus faith equals, minus doubt, equals a miracle. That kind of desire. How many of you want a miracle in your life? How do you want to be able to see miracles all your life? Well, then you better learn what this kind of desire is. you got to learn how to get, get this flowing down in your veins, down in the city of your soul. You have to learn about the desire that God puts in you as you have intimacy with Him. When He becomes your goal, miracles begin to happen. God's desires become your desires. Now, uh, I'm going to put up some scriptures. Can I get some help on the scripture thing back there for those who don't have Bibles? Can you are you ready for that? Good. First John, please. First John 3:21. You see, when you draw near to God, he draws near to you. First John 3:21 and 22. And what begins to happen is that his desires actually become your desires. Go to verse 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because... We keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. You see, when you draw near to God, he draws near to you. And when he becomes your goal, then what begins to happen is his desires become your desires. And then when you desire something, it's actually his desire, and then he does it. Did you catch that? You see, because many people are confused. They think, well, I prayed all kinds of prayers. I didn't get nothing. Nothing. Yeah, well, let, let's look at this verse again. 1 John 3, 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, are you living right for God? Let's talk about that for a second. You see, many people want all the jelly donuts. They, they, they want all the cream-filled, you know, all, they want everything. But they don't want to do that. They don't want to, their, their hearts are, they want to pull up to Mickey D's and be like, Give me a number five, go large. Now! Please. In Jesus' name. That, that's kind of their prayer life. And they wonder why when they get the Happy Meal, it ain't so happy. You know, it's kind of like God's teaching you something. Literally what this verse is saying is, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and we receive from Him anything, anything, anything we ask, because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. When his desire is your desire, bam. Let me say that again. When his desires become your desires, you have all kinds of miracles. Answered prayer. Took me forever to figure out that what I really wanted what his, what he wanted. I thought what I really wanted was what I wanted and he was going to give it to me because he loved me. Then I found out. Then I found out that some of the stuff I wanted was going to kill me. And so I, I, I would go through this process of transformation. I'm, I'm beginning to grow up in the Lord, and I'm so thankful. You know, it'd be, it'd be a crazy thing if you stayed an infant all your life. Yet, I know 50-year-olds who've been in the Lord 30 years and they got a zero for production in their prayer life. They have zip intimacy. They're stale. Nobody in here, of course. <laughs> Turn to 1 John 5. What are you saying? There's two kinds of desires. I'm teaching you how to have a miracle. We'll look at desire. We'll look at faith. We'll look at doubts. And then we'll, we'll see miracles. That's the, where we're going with this message. Very simple. So desire, two kinds. Fall in human nature. That's not the kind, part of the equation, that's going to release a miracle but the kind that is born out of prayer, born out of intimacy with God. You pray and God begins to show you something, begins to show you a people maybe or or something that he wants to do. He reveals it to your heart. Our whole church is built this way. Everything you see is a miracle. Everything we have, we never had nickel one to do anything. You say, oh, that's not true. It's totally true. And it's still true today. First John five fourteen. this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I found the closer I get to him, I just begin to see miracles. It's not even like I ask for anything. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There's times, and I've heard other preachers use this illustration, but now that I have the the actual thing happening in my life now, I realize how true it is. When my beautiful daughter crawls up in my lap and bats her eyelashes and looks at me with all the love that she's got. I'm not even talking about manipulation. There is, there is, I'm not talking about that. Oh yeah, because you women know full on what that's all about. <laughs> Woo! Knock the cover off the ball! And some of you men know what that's about too. Can somebody say amen? I said, did I recover? Did I close the back door on that one? Okay. It's true. We all know about manipulation, not just cracking jokes. But when my daughter comes to petition me the genuine heartfelt request and need and she just gushes at me it's just like where's my wallet man well what what can i do for you and you know it's just anything i can do do you know it's that way with the lord too i've heard that priest before i'm like yeah whatever dude now i have a daughter now i know the guy was totally right Thank God for the Holy Ghost. It can give us self-control. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd make spoiled brats. First John 5.14, and this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if you ask anything according to his will, the problem is many people have a desire that's not aligned with his will. You crawl up in the lap of the Lord and, and really all you're wanting to do is spend time with him. He, he's, he's kind of like son, daughter. What do you need? Not that he doesn't know. He knows everything. Kind of amazing. The whole, our whole church is built that way. Many years ago on the island of Maui, Uh, my pastor our senior pastor Dr. Morocco just had a desire to do something for the Lord and so he began to pray and God would do these miracles one of the great miracles that he did was to reach his hand towards a sugarcane field in hopes that he could build a building there because the church was really growing and flourishing and there was all kinds of battles it wasn't for sale on and on and on and in the end Alexander Baldwin Company in Hawaii decided to sell him a piece of property, but not that one, the one across the street. The only problem was it was zoned agricultural, and you're not able to build a church on agricultural land. So they then went about trying to get the zoning changed, which took a long time. And in the end, we had to hire one of the leading lawyers to argue it became a federal case, really. It was, it was unbelievable. On the day before the case, Alexander Baldwin Company called. We're, everybody's praying, fasting. They call, and they say, you know what? Would you like the land on the other side of the street? Well, that's the side that he reached his hands out to for years. That's actually the piece that we wanted. And we bought that land, never having one cent to buy it. God miraculously coming through over and over and over. The same thing happened here in Alaska. Our fleece was that we would buy the 18 acres that's on the corner as you're coming into town just above Sears. That was the fleece. If we could get that land that we know that that, that this is supposed to be part of King's Cathedral and chapels, and by a miracle of God, we ended up buying that land as a church. And we had it for a number of years. And, And with great heartache, we ended up selling it. But we just knew that it was the Lord to let it go. We let it go and made a huge profit, 3.5 million, and bought this building. This has been a great building for us. But we've outgrown it. So we're looking for land. And with a prophetic word, we end up putting our feet back on that soil some ten years later, and God says, I'm giving it back to you. We make one phone call. It happened to fall into foreclosure just prior. We end up putting an offer in and we get the same piece of land that we owed 10 years ago. Can I tell you who does stuff like that? His name is God. Only God can do stuff like that. All of it happens with desire. What are you desiring in the Lord? Desire is the seedbed of miracles. Desire. What are you desiring? What do you desire God to do? That's the beginning of your miracle. I want to I wanna be a missionary. Great, that's, that's probably the Lord. You know, maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's, maybe it's finding a wife or a husband. Praise the Lord. What do, you, what do you desire? Desire is the seedbed of your miracle. What do you desire? Number two, get an agreement. Are you all there with me in the notes? Get an agreement. I know many people don't see anything. Or see very little answered prayer because there's so much strife in their house. And the, and the, the, the mom and the dad, the, the, the brothers, the sister, they, they just can't get an agreement. They're, they just, you know, the husband wants to do the thing, but the wife doesn't. The wife wants to do it, and the husband doesn't. And they wonder why there's no breakthrough. It's, it's, you know, without agreement. Come on. Book of Genesis, they built, they built the Tower of Babel, which is really like a ziggurat. And God comes down, and in coming down, he says, you know, look what they've done with this unified language and all of this agreement. We're going to have to confuse them. It's interesting. So God confuses their language so they're no longer to do these, these, these great things. It's also fascinating that what God does at, at the birth of the church is he unifies our language, the language of the Spirit. Amazing. On the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all gathered together in one. Accord. That word means violent unity. Is what it means. It doesn't mean they're thinking about their burnt toast. It doesn't mean they're wondering whether they left the tea kettle on or, or whether they, they turned off the coffee pot. It doesn't wonder about when the time they're going to get out of church. Sure, hurry up with the Holy Spirit. Will you please hurry up because I got to get home. I got some laundry to do. It, it's it's oh, I, you know I got to clean some stuff. I got it ready for work. It, it's none of that. It's like oh, They thought they're all going to get crucified too. It was a violent agreement, and then woo, fire on their heads. Some people never see a miracle in the desire that they have because they can't get an agreement. Okay, well, we should probably move on. It's like Mary comes, I told you! I told, you I told you! Get an agreement! I've shared this story. My wife and I, we never do anything out of agreement. If we can help it. And uh, so we have a dog, her name is Grace, and uh, she's a little Jack Russell Terrier, and my desire, which I don't think came from my fallen human nature, I think actually it was born from the Lord, but maybe it did, maybe, it was a good desire, and the desire was that the dog would have puppies. Okay, my, my wife, no way, she, she does not want, she's like, I'm going to take care of them, I'm going to be feeding them, I'm going to be cleaning them. no puppies. Okay, so I have the desire for puppies. She's like, no chance. I'm like, yes. She's like, no. So we have this dog. So one year goes by. I'm like, come on. She's like, no. When we get a bigger house, maybe. We got a bigger house. It's still no. I'm like, come on. The kids are like, come on. Mom's like, no. So we never get the dog fixed. Does anybody know what a hassle that is? Oh, oh, oh. And then I think... you might have done this just to get me but I she made me put diapers on the dog can I tell you I mean you're losing some serious man points you got to put a diaper on a dog I mean you know what I mean you'd be like and you like try to get the tail through the hole and stuff give me a break and yeah I lost man points for sure it was ugly it was bad people putting stuff up on Facebook and stuff like that? That Amen. (laughs) (sighs) The point is, the dog has never had puppies and the dog has never gotten fixed. Why? Because to get the dog fixed would be to violate what I had in my heart that I hoped that one day we would be able to do. But for the dog to have puppies would be to violate... The desire that she had in her heart. So where did we end up? She won, and that's how that is in marriage. And no, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Woo! Come on! Happy wife, happy life. Come on, everybody! Praise God! Hallelujah! I'm the head of my house. She's the neck. Glory to God. <laughs> the point of the illustration is we didn't get out of a, we, we didn't get in discord. I didn't violate her desire and she didn't violate mine. And that we, there, well, I mean, there just wasn't agreement. And when you don't have agreement, you're going to be in trouble. Always do stuff in agreement. You want to have a miracle? How many of you want to have a miracle? You want to know how to have a miracle? The first thing is get a desire from God, get it out of intimacy in your prayer life. Secondly, You begin to cultivate that in agreement. And and faith is is the second point. Desire plus faith. Faith Faith is the action you take on the way to fulfilling your hope. Let me say it again. Faith is the action you take on the way to fulfilling your hope. I have a hope to what? Buy a house, let's say. So let's say you have a hope to buy a house. You know what faith is? Faith is tomorrow you start looking at Craigslist. I don't have any, I don't talk about how much money you have and how much credit you have. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about a desire. You prayed, God God wants to give you a home. You feel like a desire to have a home. That's a good thing. And so you pray, and you, tomorrow, you, tonight, you go home, you get on Craigslist, you start looking, you get, you get real estate, papers, whatever. You start looking in the newspaper. You start looking at houses for sale. You start looking at them. You start believing God. You, you look through houses. Walk through houses. You pray. You say, God, I need some help. Okay, your credit's all jacked up. So then start learning to be a good steward. Fix your credit. Maybe something happened at the big fallout. So you got a big dent in your credit. It can be healed. And you start working it out. You start believing. And you start taking steps of faith. Faith is the action you take on the way to your hope. Desire plus faith. Action. Without action, your faith is dead. You want a job, you start looking for a job. Imagine that. Very soon you can get $10 an hour, as a matter of fact. Of people getting $10 an hour stoned out of their minds. Jesus, help us. (laughs) Lord, help us. Everybody say, God, help us. (laughs) Oh, gee, I couldn't help myself. (laughs) I remember hearing this um, years ago and around as we were pastors. Lord, I, I hope the Lord doesn't come before I get married. Anybody ever heard that? I hope the Lord. I hope the. I hope the Lord, I hope he doesn't come before I get married. So they have a hope, they have a desire to get married. So what, What's faith? Faith is you. Faith is you pray and you serve the Lord. You pray, you ask God. Amen. You get to know people, not in the bar. Amen. Amen. You 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 know you get involved and in church you start meeting people. You know, I'll tell you, it's a painful life when you marry somebody who does not love the Lord. You can be an unequally yoked Christian, too, by the way. Like they're both Christians, but one doesn't love God quite like you do. Oh, God can change that. Uh Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh.
0: Bad idea. I saw somebody get chills just then. Like, oh, no, no, that's bad. (laughs) I hope the Lord doesn't come before I get a spouse. Then they get married, and I frequently hear them say, Come, Lord Jesus. (laughs) Maranatha, God! Maranatha! Lord! Faith is perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. Many people give up before they actually have their miracle. Look, if God gave you the desire and you begin to take action, faith is action towards your hope, just persevere because in time, it'll come. What if it takes... Years. Well, it probably will. You know, but in the process, God's working something out on the inside of you, making you more like Jesus. Uh, you know, God gave us a desire for many things. Had He actually fulfilled those things when we wanted them, I'm confident we would have blown up somewhere. We didn't have the character to be able to handle it. We didn't. We didn't have the the integrity. We didn't have the. We didn't have the. The capacity to be able to carry. The hope that was in our heart, we have this hope of touching nations and this hope of doing these things. So if God gave that to us back when we were, you know, half-baked, does anybody, under, probably literally, if God gave that to us then, we wouldn't have survived. Some of that, went were right over your head. Everybody say, faith is Perseverance. I'm saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost now. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith is trusting God and doing it His way. Faith is obedience. Don't tell me, look, loving God has a prescription obey His commands. That He has a way of loving Him, and it's called obeying His word. So you can say that you love God if you don't obey His word. Guess what? (laughs) It's just His way, it's His prescribed way. If you love God, you'll obey his word. And when he speaks to you to do something, do it. Reason is the guillotine of your faith. It's worth writing down. I've said it many times before. You can start reasoning yourself out of a miracle. Well, what about, you know, now hold on a second. Hold on a second. There, are Moses. And we got all these millions of people. And they're all going to have to go number two. You know what I'm talking about? So there's no porta johns around here. No porta potties. And furthermore, there ain't no porta potties. There certainly ain't no hamburger shacks, taco stands. There's nothing out there. So I think we should just stay here in Egypt until we figure out the toilet problem, the food problem, and the water problem. You understand me? Let's get the administrators together. Let's all talk about this. Where's the accountants? Look, like they're spirit-filled administrators, praise the Lord. And they're spirit-filled accountants too. But if you count every bean before you get out of the boat, then your boat's going to sink, Slick. You could be a bean counter and you will never move forward. See, what about stewardship? You need to have good stewardship and then there's times to jump, baby. Jump. But that's scary. I know. Then called faith. Faith is also spelled risk. R I S K. Risk. Aren't we having fun tonight? Come on, just, just look at your neighbor and say, Oh, I'm so glad I came on a Wednesday night. That sounded like tongues there for a second. Do you hear that? Say it again. Ready? One, two, three, go. Oh, la ha, la shandra la faith is obedience god says get up and pray you get up and pray god says go to morning prayer you go to morning prayer god says give this amount you give that amount i love dr Morocco talks about how god told him to give his house to the church two times twice he did it you should see the dude's house now a total miracle the thing's a total miracle if you didn't know everything in the whole story you'd think oh boy that guy I mean, he, he did more successive futures trades on the market. He's got the record. He broke the record on, uh, in the market for futures. He broke the record. He still has the record, as I understand it. You know how he did that? He would pray, and God save, do this. Buy pork bellies, or whatever it was. I don't know what it was. And, and he, would just, he, would just, he would just do it. Isn't that funny? God says, buy pork bellies. I think that's hysterical. god would speak to him and he would obey that's like isn't it funny god would say buy pork bellies i have to ask him if it was pork bellies, because i think it might be it's funny that god would then use pork bellies for the wealth of the wicked stored up for the righteous is that not funny i think that's funny come on somebody say hallelujah well faith is obedience he tells you to do something do it nike had it right about that at least just do it what if it doesn't what if it does What's the worst that could happen? You look like a fool and maybe you lose some money or something? And I think even God will, you know, it's not foolish faith. You've got to know what God says to you and then you have to obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. You must trust and obey. Amen. Can somebody say amen? amen? Love the oldies. Faith is standing on what Christ has done. What has Jesus done for you already? What has he done for you? What has he done? What has Christ done? It's embracing the cross. Cross Faith says, man, I am washed from my sin. I'm no longer the old man. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new is come. Jesus is with me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I can do this thing. I'm a new, I'm God's friend. I'm a co-laborer with him. And think about what he did in your path. Where did you come from? I know where I came from. I can't talk about it too much because I'll start weeping, crying, laughing. I'll get oil. I'll pull it all over my head and I'll fall out and stand. Pastor Karen I have to take the service. <laughs> Where's he brought you from? Come on, man. Where's God brought you from? Come on, Jesus. What has he done for you? Where did he bring you from? What has he done? He set you free from torment, from drugs. Maybe he healed your marriage. What did he do for you? Remember what he did. And hey God, come on, considering what He's done, do you think He's going to let you drown right now? <laughs> Amen. Minus doubt. Should we make this a two-part series or you want to hear the whole thing? Some, just some insight into doubt. And it's by no means a full expression of what faith is, but just to help you. Desire, not desire of of your fallen human nature, desire that's born out of intimacy of your prayer life with Almighty God. Desire that really, when your desire becomes your desire for God, then His desires meld in your heart, and then whatever you ask for, bam, fried chicken, He just hooks you up. How many of you like fried chicken? Come on, Jesus desire plus faith what's faith now it's the action you take on your way to your hope come on say it faith is the action I take on the way to my hope faith is perseverance don't quit some of you are about to have a breakthrough You'll be like oh, I quit and the angels like ready right there just hook you up with the download and you're like oh, I quit God he's like oh don't do it come on perseverance faith is obedience trust and obey. Right? Faith is Obedience. obedience. Faith is standing in what Christ has already done. Consider what He's done and He's going to bring you through. Amen. He's going to do it. If God didn't spare His only Son, how much more will He graciously give you all things? In the Greek, all. You know what it means? Everything means all. It means He's going to give you all things. Just believe. So we need to minus doubt. Minus doubt. Insight into doubt. Doubt is a divided heart. Talk about that in James. I think there's five Greek words of which I can't pronounce any of them. <laughs> I could try. So five Greek words that define doubt. All different kinds of doubt. Peter walking on the water and so on and so forth. James chapter 1 talks about doubt. The man with a doubt. Divided, a, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know, doubt is doubt is the place, and this is in your notes between faith and unbelief. Doubt is not unbelief; it's the place between faith and unbelief. It's a great place of potential for for evil, as well as for God. Doubt can be good. See, what do you mean it can be doubt. How many of you know you're supposed to? Test the spirits. How many of you know you should doubt some stuff? Come on, there's cults out there. You know you got to be discerning. Don't hear everything that you just heard. Don't hear, don't believe everything you hear over everything. Don't believe everything you see and hear. Weigh things. Weigh it according to the word. Judge things. Amen. So it's good that it could be good doubt. How do we doubt? We forget to remember. First, uh, the book of 1st Romans. Jesus, help me. I need a glass of juice or something. Somebody pray for me. Romans chapter 1. Can you put this up, please? Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. Romans 1 and 21. As I'm trying to land this plane of how to have a miracle. Because although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. They forgot. Don't ever forget to remember. Spiritual amnesia is a recipe for disaster for every single believer. Want to have a miracle? Don't forget to remember. But when when we forget, we end up doubting. When we have a look at two, we have a distorted picture of God, we end up in doubt. The world's trying to shape your view. You get six hours of TV, the average male, every night. <laughs> you tell me who's discipling you. We need, to, we need to shape our view based upon the Word of God. Can you say amen? And you've come to church on a Wednesday night, so you're hungry for the Word. Amen. Look at three. Our foundation is, in faith is weak. Many people don't know anything about why they believe anything. It's amazing to me. They have no, no concept that Jesus is God, nor if they did have the concept, they can't prove it to you. And they can't prove to you why the word of God is the word of God. And so really they have an adopted faith that they go by a couple goosebumps or a little bit of a feeling in their heart. And I'm going to tell you, you're setting yourself up to be deceived. You need to know the Word. You need to be grounded in the Word. You need to know why is Jesus God. Prove it. Is he, is he, was he in the Old Testament? I mean, if Jesus is Jesus really God? If he is, he's the self-existent one from beginning from beginning to end. Can you prove that in the Old Testament? Yes. New Testament? Yes. What about the Holy Spirit? What's the Trinity? The Trinity is never in the Bible. Not in the Bible. That word, of course it's not in it. It was, it was coined by, tar, by Tartillian, I think is how you say it. I get that right? Something like that. Anyway, one of the early church fathers father son holy spirit understanding the trinity understanding the godhead understanding why the word of god is the word of god it's not some blind faith can you say amen? amen so many people doubt because they've never really studied to show themselves approved that's why we have classes and stuff jesus help us number four some people doubt because they never made a real commitment oh my i just could just get up with the whip on this one Get out the cat of nine tails on this one because it makes me mad. It's it's sad. It bothers me that many people never see miracles because they've never committed to one thing their entire life. And they go from pillar to post. They're afraid to commit at a job, afraid to commit in relationships. So they date and fornicate and do all that kind of stuff and never really get married, never really commit, never really commit to a church. So go someplace until you start knowing people and then it's uncomfortable because they don't want to commit. And usually the case is because they've been really wounded in relationships in their own home between their father and their mother. And maybe that was modeled a lack of commitment and they're wounded. I understand that. i will tell you, you will never go anywhere in God if you don't learn to commit yourself. Because the first one you need to commit to, of course, is Jesus. You need to commit to God. And people don't commit to God because they're just, lack, they're just slack bouncing around everywhere and they wonder why they don't get the miracle. They wonder why they don't have a life that's established on the word of God. They've never committed. Okay, let's move on. An inability to commit. Mm, Jesus. We doubt because we don't grow in faith. Some of you, God's telling you to take steps, but you don't want to take steps because it requires work. They, they doubt because they don't grow in faith. I mean, God tells you to do something and you hold back. I've used the illustration of my wife. She uh, Years ago, had we were in church. I mean, we were young in the Lord. God gave her the interpretation of a tongue that was prayed out. Oh, gave you the tongue. Pardon me. Gave you uh, 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 a message in tongues. But she clamped her jaw and she bit her tongue and she said, oh no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm." And then it passed to somebody else. And that never came back. Didn't come back for years. Some of you are like that. God told you to do something, but you're like, God seems so far away. Well, why don't you go back to the place where you disobeyed, start obeying, and watch you start, your ears will open right up. It's amazing. It's amazing. Trust and... Look at number six. Our emotions trip us up. We doubt because of our emotions. Now, some some of you are doubting when you came out of the womb. I'm closing. Minister Micah, help me out. Set me free. I mean, you came out of the womb, and they said, here's your mom. You're like, I doubt it. Some of you just have, you, you just wired up that way. You just, oh, no, I don't think so, you know? I mean, we all have, we all have emotional makeups that are different, and some of those things are developed because of our environment, some because of the family we came from. Honestly, I think because sometimes because of generational things, there can be generational blessings that are passed down. There can be generational curses passed down. The, tr- the truth is that all of us, all of us have issues. I mean, all of us have hormones, Some have more than others. Let's move on. Come on, just sing and comfort yourself. Hallelujah. (laughs) Seven doubts. We've not allowed for past hurts to be healed. That's a big one. You see, and I've shared this. I, I gotta close, but I've shared this before. Doubting Thomas. I don't know why we call him Doubting Thomas, because that dude had faith, big time. And when Lazarus had died, and they they heard the report of Lazarus being sick, Jesus waited three days. Nobody wanted to go to that that area because. They were trying to kill Jesus. And Thomas says, let us go with you that we may die. That's Thomas. That's Thomas. Let us go that we may die with you. You see, but his faith got really damaged. He got really wounded because he thought that Jesus was just going to come and set up, kick Rome out, and become the, 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 the Messiah of Isaiah 53, but he was just looking at the second part. Oh, he's going to come. The king of kings and lord of lords on his thigh. He's going to ride out of heaven on a white stallion. And he's going to split the eastern sky. And then we'll have peace. He is going to come like that. He is going to come like that. There is no doubt about it. But his first advent, the first time he came was to be the suffering servant. To take your sin. To take my sin. Pierced for our transgressions. Wounded for our iniquity. That the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. That's the first time he was to come. And Thomas simply did not see it, did not understand it. And so when Jesus died on a cross, he threw in the towel and said, Man, unless I stick my fingers in his hands, I put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe because he got wounded. Many people don't have miracles because they're wounded from the past. So, What do I do with that? you going got to get healed. Let me, let me give this illustration and then I'll, I'll close. You guys okay? So you give me two more minutes. I know I've gone a little bit long. If I, if I reach out towards something, I'll, I, you know what? I'm going to give you a real-life illustration. I, I have a chainsaw, and i got a really nice chainsaw. And uh, it's a professional saw with a big bar on it, and um, it's got lots of power. And, and the thing goes, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I've used a, I've used a cute trim saws and those are nice for trimming, but this thing, this is a hog, this thing, what? I mean, I just, I mean, I can cut some wood with that thing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, so I, I think it was last spring, I'm working with my chainsaw and I mean, I watched all kinds of YouTube videos on saw safety. I mean, old timers look at me and laugh. I got chaps. I got a helmet. I got earring protection. I got, I, I got gloves on. I got, I, I mean, I'm putting the brake on every time. I'm, I mean, I, I, got, I got rules and I followed them and I've never had a problem. However, I was getting tired and I broke some of my own rules and I fell on my saw with the thing full, full, full crank, you know, and I fell into it on my leg and, it, and I had chaps on and it, it ripped into my chaps, but man, I felt it. I dropped the saw, and all I could do, I'll never forget that moment. In fact, you know what? I need healing. I need healing. I'm going to get it tonight. I'm going right, to get it right now. Jim, you're going to pray for me in just a second, all right? Hold on a second, because this is real for me. I fell into that thing, and I walked away, and I was like, i have been really injured before, so I'm waiting for the blood to fill my boot. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm walking. I'm like, oh, come on, Jesus come on, God. And like, I don't feel it yet, but I know I got a problem. And I walk up and I, I think you were outside. I said, I, I fell in my saw. And you're like, are you okay? And I said, I, I, I don't know, you know. And uh, I'm praying in tongues and it's like, my leg hurts. I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. What do we got here? I look and my chaps are kind of hammered. I pull back and there's a little nick in my jeans and a little scrape on my leg. And I went, oh, Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know what, though? I just don't like using my saw anymore. <laughs> Imagine that. I just don't want to pick up my big, bad saw. And so every time I pick it up, I'm like, whoa. Uh, just kind of. Some of you are like that. You reached out in faith, and you got really cut. And you're like, oh. And then you see the goodie that you want to reach for again, but you're like, oh. Well. That's nice. Jim, come here. I'm going I need to use my saw. Can you help me out? Because I'm gonna tell you that fear can then that fear can then be a magnet for you to have another accident. Come on, man, just lay hands around. I'm totally serious. Anybody else need healing? If you need healing from your chainsaw, stand up on your feet right now. I'm just you do? Praise the Lord. All right. You need any kind of healing. You just any kind of healing. Come on, this is where. Miracles follow the preaching of the word. You want to know how to do miracles? You got to step out in faith. You'll never step out in faith if you've got pain from the past. You pray for me, and then we're going to pray for everybody here.
1: Father, I just speak to trauma. Trauma always precedes an event, and I command it to leave every fiber of his being, his emotions, his flesh a scar on his spirit right now, that freedom and liberty in Christ just release the peace the desire that was there before will now flood into you and completely cover over and fill the place where trauma was fear cooperates with trauma I just release you from that in the precious name of Jesus Amen now for each of these standing
0: here I pray release healing from past memories and past hurts and places when they stepped out in faith and they got wounded in the name of Jesus I bind and break off every demonic assignment that would try to keep your people from flowing in miracle power. Desire plus faith minus doubt. Lord, we need a healing. God may be speaking to you to get involved or begin to study your bio, study the Word of God more. There are so many people that need healing here from the past. I'm just going to take a few minutes. If that's you, you know you need healing from the past. Quickly come. Quickly, quickly, quickly come. Quickly come power. God is here. Service is almost over. Just a few moments longer. You need healing from your past and you know it. One line. Please come all the way up to the stairs if you would. In Jesus name. Come on. Bring that bring that, that hurt. Bring that pain. Bring that cut. Bring that wound. That spiritual falling on a chainsaw. That That cut spirit. Bring it to the Lord right now. Father in Jesus name. Lord, right now, release healing.
1: Release you. Be healed.
0: ¿Cómo? No. It's almost over, don't be in a rush, just a couple moments long. Touch, heal. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you tonight. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let God speak to you tonight. Maybe you need to go to the next level of, of discipleship, maybe you need to get involved in worship. Or what's He said? Go return. Some of you are dry in your walk, return back to the place where you. Where you held up and you pulled the reins in, and you got off the throttle, and you started getting on your brakes. What's God saying to you right now? Let Him speak to you. The Lord says, "I've put a marvelous gift of being able to teach the Word on the inside of you. You are a teacher, and I have made you even a man among men. You wouldn't do any. There's nothing you wouldn't do for another to pull your shirt off your back and bless and help. I mean, you just you're you're a go-to guy." Yeah, and and you're you're no problem stepping in harm's way to protect even those who you're in covenant with. There has been even an arrow uh, that pierced your heart of great disappointment. And God says, I am now removing that arrow, and I am putting you back on track, back on course. I have much for you to do, and my strength says the Lord. It's going to be good. It's going to be glorious. I'm going to use you, and I'm going to put the things that were taken from you back in your hand. I am restoring. I am healing. I am blessing you. There's been a number of, like, bombs and attacks that have taken place. The healing is here for you, man of destiny. You're Joshua. Holy Spirit, let your fire come. Tongue, Holy Ghost, touch. Touch. Woo! That's it. Don't underestimate a moment like this in his presence. has for you even a door an open door before you of even deep things I I see God's given you uh, a gift to be able to understand the deep things even of theology and the word of God there was an assignment to bring deception to you The assignment's been broken. Even as there was loved ones that interceded and prayed for you, there has been a mighty turning. God has put a great mantle of leadership on you. I believe it's even generational, passed down, but you're going to cultivate that. Another man among men. Great man of faith. You were even like a Thomas, were you just willing to go, flow? But there was like a like a bolt of lightning from the enemy that just came and pierced you through. It's tremendous healing, blessing. God's put a mantle, a gift of leadership on you. And your wife, where's your wife? Come, come, come. I know I'm nailing this one. This is a great family. Lord, the grief, the grief that's tried to weigh you down is being lifted even now. Like a blanket, tried to just... The Lord has done so much for you, but it's just like the lights just began to slowly dim and and you realize wait this is this is not good we're 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 stepping out here this is changing we're changing this and the great faith has risen up but there's like a grief that rests upon you I break it tonight in the name of Jesus i pray holy spirit i call forth destiny and purpose from this family i thank you Lord, that you're going to restore, you're going to bless, you're going to heal, and you're going to raise them up. I see marriage ministry. I see all kinds of ministry flowing through you. I see you being used to bring healing to marriages because you have bring through so much. There's miracles in your hands. You're not afraid of work. I've made you strong, and I've made you strong in faith, and those Those shots of the enemy are just being removed today. Even tonight, I'm removing them from your heart. I'm taking them off. I'm lifting the grief off of you. The hope deferred makes a heart sick, but it's lifting, it's lifting. The entrance of his word has brought light. And I see great things that lie ahead. It all turns tonight. You'll begin to see miracles of provision, miracles of healing. You're going to feel like light on your feet. You're going to be like walking on air. It's just going to, joy is going to overwhelm your house again. The simple things of the Lord, the the love of the Lord. You've returned to your first love, and that old season is gone. (laughs) Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Come on, just lift your hands and lift your voice. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for a brand new time. Faith. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. Say it. Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. Release miracles tonight. Those online, those here all that hear this message later release miracles in jesus name and everybody said amen praise the lord with every head bowed every eye closed if you're not right with god just never want to close a service without gosh so much for five minutes there it goes thank you for your patience and never want to close a service without giving somebody the opportunity to get right with god so if you need to get right with him right now do it you say how by believing on jesus that he was crucified that he rose again from the grave by asking him to forgive you and to come into your life to be your lord and to be your savior if that's you you want to receive jesus for the first time or make a recommitment because you drifted away maybe all across this place those online just lift your hand you say that's me pastor going to get right with god God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, praise God. (laughs) God bless you. Anybody else? All right, let's pray right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Amen. Take someone by the hand as we close. Pastor Karen. would you come? Father, thank you for what you've done tonight. Lord, bless your people. Bless your people, God. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. (laughs) Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you. Praise God.